1: special special guest here today. It is my sister Elle. Um, before we get started I'm gonna just have her introduce herself and how you can contact her and then we'll get into our interview. I want to just go ahead and get started right away so I'll let her get started. Hi everybody Um I'm
0: Elle, L. Halo. I'm an LGBTQ health equity advocate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Robin Reese is my sister <laughs> and I'm glad to be one of your first guests, one, not the fire, <laughs> but um, I'm excited to be here and um, I'm glad to see you put the show together.
1: Yeah. So, Tasha couldn't be here today, but um, she is with me in spirit. <laughs> so, I just want to get started first by first asking you what is being transgender? Just, what is it? Just your own description of being transgender. <laughs> what,
0: what is being transgender? Um, I mean, obviously, to be transgender is to not be aligned with your birth gender. But for me, my personal explanation is that I was a young person and I'm a grown woman. That's mm-hmm. what it is to me. I think um, you're supposed to grow. You're supposed to change. You're supposed to not um, live your life or go through life or leave your life or leave the people in your life and your community the way that you the way that they were when you found it. And so, I don't know. I think we put too much pressure on terminology and gender um, as a whole. Um, And that's because we live in what we call the gender binary, which is everything has to fit on the spectrum of male or female. And those are your only two options. When in reality, all human beings have male and female elements to them, have feminine and masculine energies to them. Um, I don't know. To me, I I don't know. I kind of... Everything in my transition is an extension of things that was always there or that I always thought were there and um, I don't know. I haven't I was almost 10 years old when I stopped identifying as my birth gender but I didn't begin my transition until I was 25. I just always kind of see myself more androgynously and stuff. When I was younger But I don't know I knew that I wasn't The same as my peers
1: So I first want to say That my sister is a very Very big activist In the LGBTQ community She has done a lot of community work Just reaching out to those that um, Have lack of resources Or those that are uneducated About what it means to be LGBTQ she has traveled around the world. She has worked with a lot of people. So, you know, I, I always want to give pass-off to anybody bringing change to our world and how we see each other. So, my next question. <laughs> I'm you your questions now.
0: But thank you. That was lovely. Thank you. Thank um, you. We ain't traveled around the world yet, but we we well, uh, around the we're fifty. Get, states. We try to get a around we try the to get a passport states. stamp this year. Around the fifteen. I think we're working on a passport stamp this year. I'm happy about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you had to if you had to look if you had to talk to your younger self or the old you, what would be a message to your old the you know, the old you? What would you say? Would it be something Like, I'm proud of you for doing this or I wish I would have did this before. What would you say to your old self that after experiencing your transition, what, what would you say to your old self that you probably wouldn't have been able to say if you didn't?
0: And nobody ever asked me that before, look at ass like like bias, like I don't know like people be asking I don't know people do ask me a lot of questions, and just as a trans person, people ask you a lot of questions, or even as a queer person, but um, no one's ever asked me that question though, no. but um, I think the first thing is that it's not nothing wrong with you. Mhm, um, I believe that God made us in his image. And sometimes that image better than your image, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just how to cook and crumble, you know. But I would say first that, that, you know, that God loves you, your family loves you, people in your life love you, and that it's nothing wrong with you. I think that as trans people in general, we talk about this a lot, that we wish we would have started earlier. And honestly, I do wish I would have started earlier. Um, But like I said, I really kind of did. I haven't lived the life of someone in my birth gender. So to me... It, you know it's just like i said was a growing process but i do wish that i had started earlier but i like to tell people that i feel like like for instance you know i got my kids or whatever like they're trans coming out of high school and that's scary to me you know um and i you know what i mean for them and just for how long even that I mean they have to continue and sustain in their life Starting that young and just in general, like, you know, the dangers and everything like that and the risks that come with being trans or come with our lifestyle or just, you know, where we are in the culture. um, I like to tell people, like, I do wish I started earlier, but I don't necessarily think that I personally could have handled it. Like, they're, my kids, they're stronger than I was at that age to be able to do that. Um, And they're not doing it from a place of privilege. They're not doing it because they have the most supportive families or situations or um, the privilege and access to health care or to other things that we need in transition, but they're doing it because that's because they know who they are.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ask you that because I always, you know, will want to give advice to a younger any of us a younger you younger me even if i had to ask myself certain questions about what i would have did differently to that led me up to this point i would tell my younger self you know different things too so i always you know like to ask people what would be your advice to you your younger you but the advice is really to a younger you which is just another person so i always want to know you know well what you feel like would have made things different or better But did you, what was, like, your biggest, um, like, the biggest controversy you think you ever, like, the biggest coin you had to turn over? Or, like, the biggest obstacle you probably had?
0: In terms of transness? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Like, when you trans, like, when you trans, when you started your process of, Mm -hmm. um... You know, becoming transgender Mm -hmm. Like, was it anything that Particularly was just hard for you To Conquer or face or Hard for you To do or say Even if it's just a situation Or a person
0: I think Um We call, like, the specific types of anxiety and depression that trans people experience, we call it a dysphoria. And that was always there. Like, that was always present in my life as a young person. So whether or not I transitioned, I still was mentally um, battling with that. So I think definitely that, definitely just as a... More personal to me than just trans people in general is specifically, specifically dealing with depression. And um, I don't know, you know, I'm a girl. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Can you wait till my till I'm done with my statement? I wanted to know what dysphoria was. He didn't really explain it. Well, since you didn't wait till I'm <laughs> done with my segment, I'm sorry. No, was, that's okay. It's me, okay. I'm answering questions you had, today. You had me captured. I'm sorry. I'm answering her questions today. And that's fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um,
1: that's Tommy to producer dysphoria. By the way,
0: <laughs> I do this for every show. When I hear something, I'll be in it.
1: i be like, okay, oh, and, 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 and it's
0: good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, um, we in a space to ask questions, so that it. makes it good. Um, dysphoria, like I said, would be the specific types of, dep- of not depression, but of um, anxiety more so that transgender people face. So, for instance, as a young person, people growing up, people perceiving me, some people would assume that I was trans. Some people would assume I was my birth gender. Some people would assume that I was a cross-dresser or, um, people assume that I'm a (laughs) drag, to this day, people assume that I'm a drag queen every once in a while, and that's fine, um, because all of those things are valid identities and valid, um, practices and, and things like that, and so... I think one is that as a trans person, I can't control how people see me. Like, people, like, we assume that everybody sees us in a negative way, or we assume that everybody can clock us. Clocking is being able to identify that you're trans, which translates internally to. You're not passable enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not woman enough, or et cetera, those types of things. And so, what I've learned in transition is all of that. Some kind of like what we say, like um, women dress for other women. Like some of that, some of all of that is is obviously from trauma and from bad experiences uh, we or I have had. But sometimes it's also assumptions that we're making that's not even there or relevant. So that's what we call this you. is just constantly feeling like you constantly going through some mental acrobatics. I call them mental acrobatics. Is this always a up and down? We're being re-socialized every day as a trans person. What people don't understand a lot of times, especially when they are asking questions or seeking a- awareness, is I'm learning, too. I'm going through this, too. I'm going through this right now. I'm not an expert in the sense that I've lived this life Ten fall over, and I can just tell you any every single thing about it that a person may want to know. You know what I'm saying? I'm going through this in the same moment that you're going through this. Um, and how can I balance how my family see me, how my sister sees me, who pushed me and encouraged me to pursue my transition? How can I balance that with? how we're talked about in the culture, how we're talked about in the culture with how people treat me on the street, how people treat me on the street versus how men treat me, how men treat me versus how my peers treat me and cis women treat me. Like, how am I supposed to manage and and digest all of that? You said you're new to actually experiencing this, and nobody's experienced it because everybody's kind of come... It's just the first that, in generations, that it's been out, mm-hmm. and people are still trying to, you know coexist with the understanding of it so i never heard that perspective that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I appreciate you know the question in the dialogue I think one thing that y'all also have to realize when we're talking about queer, we say QT pop people, queer and trans people of color, one thing that y'all also got to realize is that we was erased out of history mm-hmm. if we were still in Africa if we were still in our indigenous cultures and in our indigenous homes, there would be two-spirited people, there would be other trans people there would be people of third genders and of other gender identities and those things have always existed but they was wiped out of the mainstream and out of the mainstream conversation and it happened both because of colonialism and also because of christianity specifically and so just like things in the african diaspora that we talk about that are Malignant in us as a culture Because of the impact of slavery And the impact of Jim Crow That's one of them things Y'all not adjusting to us being here We've always been here Martin Luther King co-organizer Was a gay man You know what I mean That's not a trans person But you get what I'm saying The point is Is we've always existed And have always been A part of the fabric Of culture Of art Of history And of Um Particularly times like Bayard Rustin and Martin Luther King Jr. Like particularly at the times and at the scenes of pushing the conversation forward and changing the culture, we de- we always present on the scene for that. And so I like to tell people that one, you can't erase us, but less about somebody being malicious or wanting to erase us we exist, we exist in every family, we exist in every culture, we exist in every country, every state, every city every town, we exist no matter what your background is and if you don't, particularly as cis people, if you don't I like to tell people that if you don't know who the gay people are in your family or the trans people are in your family, that's because you are among the people that they consider themselves not able to share that with.
1: Hmm. That's pretty deep.
0: <laughs> so why, I, do you, why do you think,
1: but why do you think that if that's a, cause I never researched it as far as Africa or nothing to that nature. This is all new for me too. It's mm. just, as you going through the process, I'm going through the process. Mm. As you learning about it, I'm learning about it because mm. initially you are like the first person I've ever have really any relationship with that's in you know in a in this type of community and it's just so happy that you're like my blood family so mm-hmm. i'm learning as you go mm-hmm. why do you think that it was n- because i've never ever ever heard anything about in the like, same reason
0: why we don't know about bayer rustin The same reason we don't know about Marsha P. Johnson, the mother of Stonewall and of the Pride Movement, was a black trans woman. The the same reason we don't know... Well, I know a lot of things that y'all might not know. But the same reason is because they erased it. They literally went in, they cataloged the different genders and religions and, and spiritualities and expressions that they found in Christian colonialism and they on purpose eradicated them. They on purpose destroyed our family structures. They um, destroyed our sense of history, our sense of self and identity. I was just watching um, this man. I don't know, Doctor Cloud or something like that. Claude or something like that, and he was on um, the Breakfast Club. I actually watched it before, but I ended up watching it again yesterday um, on the Breakfast Club. And um, I, I don't know. I just was more tuned into what he was saying this time or whatever. And you know he he definitely like he said some questionable things on there, some things that wasn't necessarily culture or some things that wasn't necessarily um politically correct, but um he talked a lot about history and about them eradicating that, and um particularly he was like that when you became a slave that he was saying that we are sl- we are not enslaved people, we are native black indigenous people to America because we were born from enslaved people that were stolen from Africa. So Mm -hmm. when the enslaved people, our ancestors, were taken from Africa, they had it beaten out of them. They Mm -hmm. had it beaten out of them to speak the language. That's why a lot of our black men, that's why a lot of our black people are illiterate, is because we're speaking in a white man's language. Um, People have, since I was a little kid, come to me to give them information, to be able to navigate resources, to be able to design things from documentation and that's because i have that gift like as a writer but that's because they're able to identify to me it's like being responsible like they're able to it's not that they can't do it or that they whatever they're aware that their level of um literacy is not adequate is not where it needs to be to be able to function in society in the way that they know that they should be able to you get what I'm saying? Like, it's taking awareness to be that. An illiterate person would just be what we would think of stereotypically from using that word. Like, all that person don't don't know they ain't trying, they ain't never tried to read. When that's not really not the case. And it, it's really because us, as black people, we're existing in every fiber of our being, in every walk in our life, in every area of our life, we're existing in a white patriarchal society that never included us that never you know how they say throw the baby out with the bath water don't mm-hmm. throw the baby out with the bath water mm-hmm. it's like that that's what white people do they came in and erased everything, so we didn't even start with. They reinvented the real, the wheel and shit. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why they had to do this is because they eradicated everything. They just took everything and burnt all the books. They just took everything and burnt the Egypt, the, the library of Egypt, and different things like that. The library of Alexandria and different things like that. Like they came in to eradicate. They didn't come in to um, to colonize. They came in to eradicate and then be able to take ownership. And developing the land And so That's why It's because we Why would we know about Our gendered histories If we Don't even know Half of us don't even know Our history going back To the civil rights movement
1: So do you think that Trans people live in their most natural Are like a 100% Their most natural selves Because you're making You're saying That since it is Since the beginning of time Two-spirited people People with three-gender Three-gender three people I think you said That would be living your most Truthful life then if you're Only living out what's Originally done mm-hmm.
0: I do think that that's a big part of it Even like when we talk about um, Like our sexuality And like people over-sexualizing us Or fetishizing us and different things like that Like people love to be like to particularly as trans women, people let it ride our relationships off that it's just about sex, that it's just a hookup, that it's just you a side piece, you a this, you a that, you a this, you a that. you it The situation could only be this, could only be that. But really, just like any other type of relationship you have, you know what I'm saying? Somebody is coming to you for a haul package. People are coming to you for a confidant. People are coming to you for someone to share things in their life with, to share moments and, and truths about themselves that they ain't never been able to share. So I do think that it is natural, like I said, for me, it's really something that started when I was ten years old. I never called myself a trans woman until I was twenty five, but I knew that I wasn't like the like everybody else around me. I knew that. Um, and I could also identify In other people that I'd have grown up with in the community now that are also trans, I could also identify in them that they wasn't like everybody, like our peers. And so, um, I do think it's natural. I think that it would be up to that person to say if something is a truest self. I'm eight years in. I don't necessarily know if I've reached my truest self. Um, But is it a lot more true than the way that I was living before? Yes. And I kind of... um, For me, I think, heading into transition, I was really, really depressed. Like, one of the, the biggest episodes of depression I've ever kind of faced previous to me transitioning. And it was for a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't for a few months or a couple weeks or something like that. Like it was for a couple of years, and I think that 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 was in a way like sometimes we say that we mourn our past selves. I think that in a way it was it was me it was me ending my birth gender. You know what I'm saying? Not ending my birth gender, but ending that part of my life and then being open to having a new, having a new life. And so, I don't know. Um, Other things that I think I faced is hate and shame and um, discrimination. Um, And those are very big things that, you know, come with the territory of being trans or even being queer. And I think also violence and violence, not always looking like a black eye or violence not always being visible on the outside of you. And violence being from small micro regressions that people do all the way up to big to physically violent incidences. And seeing all of that, that that's a spectrum of violence that a lot of other types of people don't have to deal with.
1: So, I've always grown up in a, like a, well, my mother's family is Baptist and then our grandmother's side, I don't know, you know, what's her predominant spectrum of Christianity, but I know that she was a faithful church member and we have other family members that are faithful church members. So. I've always believed in the Bible 100 percent, like no matter what I've. I've, at some facet in my life, God has always been in my life. Church has always been in my life. Brother, I went faithfully, didn't go faithfully. God is very present. But when, you know, once we started getting close, you know, not saying anything, not saying that I don't believe in what you're saying, not saying I don't believe what's in the Bible, I just believed in being there for my sibling and being supportive you know towards what was going on at the time mm-hmm. and um i don't regret it because i feel like you're flour- flourishing at the you know capacity that you need to flourish at you know what i'm saying and it's something that helped me be able to you know me walking through the process with you was something that ended up helping me because now I'm taking steps that I never thought I would take. But just seeing you take the step after that battle when you was, like, on the fence with it, you know, it's just very inspiring. And um I'm just proud of you that, you know, that you did what was, you know, to make you happy. But...
0: I appreciate that.
1: Back to the Bible. I do want to ask you how much of it do you believe because of... I mean, you totally enlightened me with the whole indigenous people and all that stuff. So I'm just curious, like, how much of the Bible do you believe? Um,
0: I believe that the book, that the Bible is a book that was compiled, com- com- edited, mm-hmm. and composed by white men. This is another thing I got to realize, right? See, and see, I see, you see, wait, wait, wait wait, 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 wait. This y'all got to realize. realize. No, this, 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 this is is real tea. I'm a Christian. My mom is a Christian. We, mm-hmm. My mom is a minister. You know what I'm saying? I active minister. Um, And, you know, I believe firmly in God. I believe in your connection with God. I believe in God being able to use people in your life to speak to you, to speak life into you or into a situation or to help you in a situation. I believe in God directing our lives in that if you Oh I say I only listen to my mama and God. Okay. And why I say that is because one and only <laughs> I'm the only ones that matter mm-hmm. <laughs> and two and two just because They'll never leave me wrong. You understand? Know They're not, you understand? Know my mama not going to leave me wrong. And God's not going to leave me wrong if I shut the fuck up, sit the fuck still, and be patient and listen. You know? And so, um, for me, I think that what we got to realize about Christianity, just like how I kind of gave my own interpretation of some of that, like historical context stuff. The people that, own and operate the Roman Catholic Church now, the Vatican, the people that wrote the Bible as we read it, the King James version, the English version of Christianity, those are the people that killed Jesus. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Those are the people that killed him. That doesn't mean that the faith is not real. That doesn't mean that the stories or some of the things that are represented in the stories are not real, and so that's what I take it as for me. I also take it as it's a lot of it's a lot of sins. It's any number of things can be sins, and no sin in the Bible it says no sin is greater than the next. And so I'm not saying that me or my lifestyle or just by the nature of the identity that is sinful, but obviously temptations. Drugs, sex, money. You know what I'm saying? Of course some things can be tempt, can can tempt you and can be can lead you into you know what I mean, a situation you don't wanna be in. And so I don't think it's no different than any other person's type of lifestyle. I don't think that God would make so many of us. If it was something wrong with us and if he really ain't want us to be here or if we really whatever. God knows what I'ma do. You know what I'm saying? I only listen to my mama and God, but my mama I lied to. Because certain stuff not for her to know. God, I can't lie to God. He know what I'm doing. He know what I'm doing. Okay. He know my Carfax. Okay. And that's fine. You know, and me and him have that relationship where I know that he's there. I know that he is, that he loves me and, and cares for me as a child, as his child. And, um... I don't know. I think it's up to anybody whatever interpretations they want to take away from the Bible. But when you're reading that particular document, you got to first realize that these are the it's written by the people. That's not the real Bible. You what I'm saying? The Bible wasn't no one story in one book. And for many many years in a lot of our cultures, it was only storytelling was the ways that those stories was passed down. The white people came and wrote them down in their language and put it down the way they wanted it to be put down. Mm-hmm. And they was also the ones that killed Jesus. The black and brown Jesus that was the real Jesus. Mm-hmm. That loved everyone in the real principle. And also you gotta realize that God and, and, and Christ are different. God is God. God is omnipotent. He's law. He is the universe. He mm-hmm. is power and essence. Christ's message was that we need to walk in love. That's what his message was. And so, you can claim to be God's martyr by, you know what I mean, persecuting people for whatever you want to persecute them for. You know what I'm saying? Um, but at the end of the day, if you're not walking in love towards your neighbor, towards your family, towards your community, towards other people, even sometimes, sometimes you even got to walk in love with your enemies. And so, you know, if you can't do that, then you're not a real Christian anyway. So why would I care about what you think?
1: So why do you think that that's the most, that's the biggest sin? Because every time I go to, well, not every time I go to church, but mainly at funerals. (laughs) <laughs> especially in our family what? <laughs> mainly, what? At what mainly at funerals what do you the mean the first thing that come out of people you, you need to stop being gay you need to Who stop doing that at our <laughs> you need to stop uh uh you need to stop doing drugs and alcohol them be the first things that come out as somebody eulogy like when they at the <laughs> in the <laughs> yes, they do no. them be the first things, and probably not even in our family, probably all the African American church, don't it? It'd it be
0: a time for them to send a message
1: every mm. time when they doing it. The, you only supposed to be Sam, you supposed to pick uh, to my understanding, you're supposed to pick one verse out the well, one scripture out the Bible, you're supposed to dedicate that scripture to the person that you are sending off for internal life, and then you are supposed to.
0: Get off the, get sta- off get off the, the stage. The <laughs> and then every, we, but we really be standing there for
1: three hours. And every, <laughs> for one, at everybody's dead. funeral, mm. they say them three things. Stop being gay, stop doing drugs, stop doing alcohol, stop drinking alcohol. I wanna I know why is that why? like the first thing? Why would that why would
0: Why do it be, place in the top three? It kinda depends on the de- denomination too, sometimes too. Why do it place in the top three for people? Is what you're saying?
1: I, it's it's, it's uh, adultery, is being a thief. It, you can even be sinning if you worry too much. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a, it's well, you so. You have to call me out like that. <laughs> it's so <laughs> well, that many. One. It's okay. so many. But you have to call just, it. like damn, I'm that. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that. It's so many other sins that that take place. To
0: prioritize sins. I and mean, like these are the mm-hmm. things. That are, <laughs> these are worse. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sin is a sin. I
1: think. I think why it
0: places in the top three is because of, again, going back to the gender binary, just how we perceive gender, how we perceive our bodies, how we perceive sexuality, all of that particularly. And then outside of that, all of that being framed in in a negative way, right? Like from birth, we condition in a negative way to think about our bodies, our sexual parts, our autonomy, our decision-making regarding our bodies, the way the law impacts our bodies, what is okay for someone to do to our bodies or not from an intimate partner to the police, to a doctor. You get what I'm saying? And so all of those things are rampant in our society. And so that's one factor, but I also think that there's a big context uh, and confusion between... Homosexuality, homosexuality, and um, pedophilia. For that's what I perceive it as. That people are so in the struggle about and with of why it places in a top three half the time. Sometimes, sometimes, right. Sometimes. People always love to ask you questions and shit when you trans, right? Or when you queer, right? Sometimes, the loudest motherfucker in the room got something to hide. We all know that one.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We all know that one. Mm -hmm. But also, sometimes, you... When you sit down sometimes with people that are bigoted or that have a certain mindset, and you really push back on them, not in a bad way or argumentative way, but sometimes when you push back on why they say this or why they think that... When you unravel it, like the thread, like if it was a thread sticking out right here, and you unravel it all the way to the end, they don't have no reason. And so what that translates to me as, as a queer and trans person is just that you have the privilege to be able to do so. It's just because you're not the drinker you get to call them a drunk. Just because you're not the gay or you're not the trans, you get to make an issue of that. Just because you're not the drug doer, you get to make an issue of that. And honestly, a lot of stuff do come down to that. Even when we talk about, me and you talked about this sort of recently, like at what point is it malicious? You know what I'm saying? The same people screaming from the pulpit, "I'll come up and hug you and dap you up too. You know what I'm saying? Like at what point is you claiming that it, it is in the love of Christ or that it is out of, out of respect for a religion and then at what point is it really malicious and just because you have seen that modeled in your life from other people or because you know that you are aware of their privilege. And it's just like when we talk about men and when we talk about sex, like, half of them never question the things that they do in regards to a woman in a woman's body. Half of them never, ladies, half of them ain't never even thought about whether or not they pleasing you. And why is that? Because society allows them to be able to go through society without being able to please. And so, I don't know. I think we allow certain things as... as le- I think leaving the culture where it's at, like right now. I could shut up right now. I don't got to tell nobody shit. And if we leave the culture right here, it's going to always be right here. The conversation going to always be right here. It's going to always be that same conversation of... Somebody dying, this is placing in their top three. And um, even though y'all done been gambling, y'all done broke (laughs) in the. Don't start me. Y'all done been gambling, y'all done sold your kids, you done all kind of stuff. All kind of stuff. But you so concerned and you got, again, privileged to even have the time. I don't got no time to judge no bitch about what they do or not. I don't have no time for that. I don't have no time for it. You do you over there. Keep that away from me. We good. I don't need you to validate me. I have validation from the people in my life that matter, you know. And so, I don't know. I think we need to stop letting Uncle Terry and Cousin Boo Boo and Uncle Riri get up on the mic. At the eulogy. <laughs> That's what I think. I think we didn't have enough of that. And we're going to let somebody else <laughs> speak today. You know, okay, also so, on this day. I'm, okay,
1: so you I'm know? I'm saying that because I have... Now, this is my, what I interpret a lot of stuff. This is what I'm going to say. In the black community, instead of y'all touching on... um the children being gay, the children being criminals touch on a two parent household. If a child is in an environment where they have adequate parenting, which is a mother and a father, they will uh, a honest mother and father that are honest people. They probably will live the lives that, that they that they should if whatever it should be. You know what I'm saying? It probably wouldn't be so much if being gay is the problem. It probably wouldn't be so much of that. If your daughter's being traf- sex trafficked or if your kid's turning out on drugs or... or Being thieves, you know what I'm saying? A lot of the stuff that I've experienced with not being gay with just being a child I felt like would have been different for me. Had I would have had two functioning parents in my household who who were God-centered at the time You know what I'm saying? Even though I had both my parents in my house, you know, it was dysfunction you know and both of them have their own personal relationships with God. Both of them worship God in their different ways. But it was it was, it was was my mama and then it was my daddy. It was never both of them at the same time. You get what I'm saying? Like it never was both of them putting in together saying we got to get on the same page so we can raise these kids up. So I'm just saying that a lot of problems that people say that they have with their children probably wouldn't be that of a problem if they set better examples for their their children so to speak you know what i'm that's what i'm trying to say like you can't expect your son or your daughter to grow up in this light and everybody not going to do the reverse of what you do you could be dysfunctional and just because you're dysfunctional don't mean that your child won't be dysfunctional it means that your child could try not to be dysfunctional it's really hard that once your dna is coded or you're in Last time we did the podcast It was um, Learn behavior That once something becomes a part of your DNA It's hard to think that It won't That won't trigger me And I won't stay that way forever Everybody don't turn over a new coin You, you know what I'm saying Everybody don't live lives that people probably want Their kids to live I'm just saying that Not to just Harp on being gay Mm -hmm. Not to harp on doing drugs Not to harp on doing alcohol Harping on complete families Where both parents exist Both parents are being effective I think that that's what should be Touched on in today Because I feel like that's what's missing When it comes down to just a household period So I do think um, I'm not saying that it's going to stop you From being however you're going to end up but I do think that it would be effective on um, when you do become however you're supposed to be. Cuz how would you how could you cuz how would how, how could uh how could a child that has that's having identity issues fully understand their identity if they only got one parent to identify with? Because you might don't know because your dad chromosomes is of a man and of a woman. Your mother's chromosomes are of a man and of a woman. Everything masculine about you, you don't get from your father. And everything feminine, you don't get from your mother. It can be vice versa. So that's why, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you can't, if a daddy not in the house, you can't, you know, or a mother. It could be a mother not in the house. You don't have that other person to identify with to even figure out what you trying to figure out I think
0: that I kind of alluded to it already but I think that the black family and the black family structure have been under attack since colonial days um and two things that just was in my head while you were saying that part um
1: not saying that I'm disagreeing. I'm just saying what I just think to believe yeah. could be.
0: They from movies, okay? The first one is a generalization that I'm making about a bunch of movies, right?
1: Mm-hmm. All the movies with the little white
0: parents and their little drug addict kids, okay? Right? All of them. All of them. Every movie, every show you ever seen, is like, okay... They had this perfect life, and then they still ended up how they ended up. So that's the first thing I would say is just that you can't control how people ended up. Then the second thing is from um, it's from the Queen of the Damned and uh, the Vampire Lestat, for people that's nerdy as fuck like me that like vampire movies and shit. Um, in the Vampire Lestat... The man that turned Lestat, so Lestat a vampire. Lestat is the one interviewed with a vampire in Queenie the Damn the White Boy. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so Lestat was a vampire. He got turned into a vampire by this uh, by this man, right? And the man was lonely. The man like, I'm finna turn you because I'm lonely. You know what I'm saying? You like, you know what I mean? Part of it is you like they kid or whatever they sired or whatever the point i'm making is is the man told him he like he like when you about him turning his own vampires him making his own kids right he told him that one of your kids that your first kid gonna be okay and that your second kid going to be a little iffy. (laughs) And that your third kid going to be batshit crazy. And so I kind of feel like that a little bit. Like, I don't know how much nurture, again, like what you said, if something is so rooted in us that it didn't turn into a genetic fear or something that we passing down or generational curse, we call that. If something is so rooted in us in that way that it's being passed down at all, I don't know if that's something that just having two parents in the home is going to fix. Mm-hmm. What I do think having two parents in the home can fix, right? I was watching Saucy Santana. Um, and that was uh, he was talking about his, his parents saying that his mom was a minister and she mm-hmm. struggled with his sexuality and that his dad was not a minister but that he he raised him the way he raised him, but that he always accepted him for the most part. Like, it wasn't, like I say about me and my mom, m- me being gay or me being trans, like, those are definitely issues in our relationship, but they've never been our defining issue in our relationship. Our defining issue in our relationship is surviving as two black femmes in... And surviving poverty and surviving, you know what I'm saying, patriarchy and living in this living in this world as two single black females, You know what I mean? As two black females, and so um, you know, I think that what we sometimes in the in the gay and trans situations and family situations miss out on when you don't have when you only have one parent or um, one primary parent or one functioning parent is the acceptance from other people. Like, for instance, when my mom and their relationship with their parents and stuff like that, my mom lost her mom really young. Their dad died when she was in her early 20s, late teens. But she grew up seeing him struggling with his other kids, her siblings, that were gay. That I never heard about, really, in detail until I started transitioning. I never heard about them. So even while I was <clears throat> a young person... That was something that she she kept from me on purpose. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not faulting her for that. She thought that that would be protecting me or that it wasn't my business. And it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? That was was their lives and and their struggles. But what she got to understand is that she's perceiving them relationships happening through her eyes as a child watching her father. You get what I'm saying? She's seeing him dealing with them and the things that they had to battle and struggle with, but not seeing their side of it. You get what I'm saying? She's seeing it as the baby of the whole family and seeing it through his eyes that he was right and that that was wrong. You know what I'm saying? And so I think sometimes when you don't have the other parent there, like in the Saucy Santana example, the father was the one that was accepting. You know what I'm saying? And even like us, our dad passed away. You know? And even, you know, whatever type of man he, he was... I know that he loved me. You know what I'm saying? And y'all all all had more of a relationship with him, but I know that he loved me. And in a way, I kind of felt like him not being in my personal life was a good thing and was in its own way his way of protecting me. You know what I'm saying? And protecting me from the things that came with him and his lifestyle. And so, you know, that's something I shared with you before, but... I swear to God, y'all, like, I swear to God, I swear to God, whatever I think about dad now, I just be like, I literally feel like, I literally know in my heart that I would be Hillary, what's her name? Hillary Banks. That's how I would act, that's how I would act with him. I swear to God. <laughs> I hate. swear to God, like, I know it's it in my dollars. heart. Like, I know it in my heart. Like, he tapped out on me, bro. Like, I'm, like, I'm mad at him, not for the years we missed, but that he can't know me now, that he ain't able to be here with us now. You know what I'm saying? And see all of us grown up or or haven't been able to be there for all of us grown up. But you know what I'm saying? Like, oh niggas love me. That's all I gotta say. That's
1: all I gotta say. I actually feel like he did more <laughs> damage to me, girl. <laughs> I know. He ain't do nothing, you know, too. But he definitely his issues definitely yeah, because...
0: And that's what I said. We it's would get we would abundance. get
1: shoes and he would... We would have them for a day and he would go and sell them. Mm-hmm. And we had like a game station back then, Nintendo or something. And we would have it for like two days and it'd be gone. We'd have a DVD. We could watch it probably two times and it'd be gone. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. just, you know, knowing that I, I'm saving my money up and I hid it. But, you know, people... With their elements and their problems, they could find money. If they need that money, they need that whatever they' trying to get. They gonna find your money. So I just feel like you know, you know, when it got close to him passing, and when he did kind of like step off of us a little bit, he did say like, "I did that because I was hurting y'all, you know, more whatever." So
0: You talking about when he got injured.
1: Well, before he you got stepped like off. he kind of like stopped
0: coming around. Coming
1: around. He had finally like probably when I was like 13, mm-hmm. right before we went to stay with Adrian, mm-hmm. he probably stopped like really trying to be in the house with us. Mm-hmm. And you know, when he injured himself for well, right before he was getting ready to pass away, he had finally, you know, said, you know, I was doing y'all more harm. Then good. Because I think that a lot of my relationship problems stem from them. Like him constantly coming in the house whenever he wanted to, always under the influence of something, always yelling, always talking crazy. That's why, you know, and then my mama, she the middle middle girl for her brother, so she hard as nails, like or tough as rocks, whatever the saying is. <laughs> so she not no punk. You know, it just was a, it was crazy. Like I don't feel the, the most valuable thing I ever learned from him was how to survive. Like, I could walk anywhere. I could get anywhere. I could meet anybody under any circumstance and get them to help me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he taught me how to move and around. subconsciously so. not
0: to be too attached to nothing because you ain't going to have it that long.
1: Yeah. But that's <laughs> the other reason why I, when people steal from me, that, it's, we, it's, it's, we that in a temporary takes world. me through the, or if you steal from my kids. That's that takes me through the roof because I never when we were little we couldn't never really have nothing we couldn't have nothing that was worth selling. At least. <laughs> but anyways, we the Rest in peace, said, we love you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Big Dog. No. no, yeah, because he was he was a blessing <laughs> when I had Kyrie. He was a good father. He was pissed because I was sixteen when I had her, but he was pissed, and every single time he got some money. He made sure my daughter was straight. So I can't say that, you know, the whole ride with him. Because I was 18 when he passed. So, yeah, from 16 to 18, we was we was able to talk and function and, and get some understanding. But it was like, dang, this the daddy that I wish, you know, for the whole time. Because mm-hmm. all he did was try to teach me how to cheat in cards. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me how to cheat in cars You still be cheating <laughs> No I mm. didn't ever learn how he cheated me oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think you know I think If we talking about it you know He you know he he Struggled with addiction and You know Them years When He was running in the streets Them wasn't who. Them wasn't his. Them I mean, obviously, obviously they were not him at his best. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he, you know, them was that's where he was, and and them actions was out of desperation and out of you know what I'm saying. He already had been in the streets and been, you know what I mean, battling with addiction for so long. By the time. We even was born, and by the time, you know what I'm saying, you was in ages, you know, again, I don't know how much a good environment can help you with things like drugs and alcohol and, and you know what I'm saying, being in the street and street life and stuff like that is being fed to us, you know what I'm saying, and, and passed out between us, you know,
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: um, you know.
1: I really would like to see if he would appear if all of all of his kids was like together at one time. It's if crazy if he would appear. Like, will we feel his presence? Because we can never we could get four, but we can't get five. We get to get me, you, Tabby, Gina, or me, you, Gina, and Pete. We can never get all five of us in the same. And I don't know why we can't never get all five of us at the same place at the same time for. An extended amount of time Because I just wonder how much of You know and even with getting to know Pete and Tab more And you because I already know Gina But getting to know y'all three more It's like all of us have All of us Have stuff in common and it's just so crazy It's like we have so much stuff That I know it must have came from him If it's directly to The point of where we all Liking the same stuff or got some of the same stuff In common
0: I think I never felt like I felt someone's presence that passed away, but I do in my heart I feel like people that we love, that we lose, I feel like I feel like they on your Guardian Angel squad. Mm hmm You know. Like, not that it's just one or that it's, like, a, a fairy godmother or something, but... And then they got different purposes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might have one guardian angel that's just for when you in the streets. You know what I'm saying? You might have a different guardian angel for when you, you know what I'm saying, need a different type of hookup or situation. You know what I'm saying? Or or when you facing a different thing or when you raising your kids or when you doing this or doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think I think even... In the spiritual realm, they, lives and relationships have a particular place in ours, but I don't think he would appear if we was all together. Not like
1: appear like a hologram, but just like, would his vibe be fair? But I do think, I think when we
0: all laughing, like how hard I just laughed, I think he's appearing.
1: Because we all got the same, same laugh.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, stuff so, like that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like I do. You know what I'm
1: saying? So, before we wrap up, I do want to ask you another question. Because it's something that's like high on the. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, no,
0: I'm it's, it's important.
1: <laughs> so, we see like yearly, and it might be more f- frequent than that, but it's always one case that like make headlines I think last year it was like a um, maybe a, a Hispanic transgender was killed in like Florida or something or my oh.
0: the, um the pageant girl so you, about, you know that's what you talking about the, that she was like a pageant queen
1: I think so mm-hmm. what is what, what's going on with that because a lot of people are saying that it comes from straight men trying to play like they didn't know it comes from transgender women playing straight men it comes from wild nights. What do you really think so happens all, in those type of instances because it's ha- it's starting to become popular I only uh, every like I say every year I I'm starting to see it like probably within the last four years, especially like right in the summertime. You hear about a big headline with a transgender being killed, and it's normally a transgender woman,
0: absolutely. And, um, first of all. we call the trans women are tricking men. We call that the trans panic defense or the gay panic of defense. Mm-hmm. If y'all ever heard about Matthew Shepard, do you remember Matthew Shepard? We was still kind of little kids. That was like middle school time for us. But Matthew Shepard was a gay man that got killed um, in a hate crime. and um, um, They tried to say that he was coming on to them and that's why they did what they did. And so from that case, And all the way up until now, when that is said, it's usually debunked, like found to not really be the case. Um, Secondly, just specifically on trans women tricking men. I didn't it? only Hold say on. that. I didn't only I'm say that, though. i it. said
1: straight men getting we caught. Gonna get, we going to get around to all of I it. Said, said, I said trans women catching. we get to all of it. To all of it. <laughs> I didn't just say it. just that. I just don't want to say, like, I'm blaming y'all for mm. it. I'm just, I'm going on the air right now.
0: And and y'all heard of him. So that's what people love I'm to say, though. And they do. They love to <laughs> say it. Like, they can't wait to say it. Right? And so, you know, first, I'm going to do an experiment. You ever seen me trick a man? No. So, for me, when people ask me that specific question personally or about other trans women, I like to say, one, I don't got to trick nobody. So, I really don't think it's within the... I really don't think it's possible so, like I was saying earlier, the mental acrobatics of being trans. I could get all the surgery in the world. I could be as passable as I want. I can change my voice. I can do whatever, whatever the things, right? But somewhere, somewhere in the world, somebody going to clock me, no matter what. And why that is, is because some people... Like I said, even when I was a young person and when I was in my birth gender, some people thought I was a girl. Some people see in their head and in their eyes and in they, what they have, their perspective, their heritage, their literal eyeballs. Some, some people see me as the gender I present in. Some people see me and don't see that. Some people see me and see my birth gender. And those are three different things. And so... Even if I wanted to trick a man, at what point do we have to not even hold him in accountable? At what point do we have to just say, we don't believe you? I think we let download men and cis men carry on. Like, girl, like, you know this, though. You know, like... Child, the few, <laughs> the few little times that I've the few little times <laughs> that I've been caught up with guys in situations where they was two timing cis women, right? Cis men, three, straight. right? Three, uh, three of them times, three of them situations, right? Different types of relationships, different connections with the people, like you know what I'm saying. Like life goes on. All three, you know what I mean. Life went on. The point that I'm making is, is In in three of them situations, I say I've had that situation happen to me maybe four times in my whole gay and trans life. So this over 15 years of being gay. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, even three of the four, the girls told me that they caught the man with somebody else before. Before, yeah. So so where is the trick? where? Tommy. Where's the trick in being done? There's no trick because exactly. you're attracted to what you're attracted to. People like what they like. And that and ain't nothing wrong with that. And, 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 there's, that's a win, and there's a window, fine. there's a window of excuse to actually bail yourself out if you are a bear. Absolutely. Embarrassed by it. Now, me and my girls, some of us disagree about this too, but I'd be scared to talk to a nigga. I'm liable. We could be at the White House and I'm liable to be like, Do you know I'm a do you know I'm sea C-girl? Cause I'm not gonna. Okay, sit, really I'm quick, really quick, cause we got like, to get ready to go. Man. He all right? You a grown man. I'm not. Cause sit this is get getting heated you. now. I'm not gonna sit nowhere on God's earth and be playing with you. And if you hit me up online and you and you and I don't know if you know you can't. I don't. You that's where we staying is online until I know that you know. And then you have to give me a confirmation. I'm finna make. It's not even. Most of the time, even when you ask them online or whatever, right, for instance, they'll be like, oh, okay, or woo 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 woo, right. Keep going with the conversation and act like they didn't see that part. You finna give me a motherfucking signed confirmation that you knew. So that when it so that when something happened and the police come or somebody come or I need to give some information up or I need to do what I need to do from to protect myself, I can go right to you and be like boo 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 boo. Said this, 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 this. So, who tri- who tricked who? How about that? How about we start over with who tricked who? Okay? Because they be tricking us too and be lying and stuff. And you know what I mean? It's a, also a lot of misconceptions like what you said. Like the guys tricking the girls and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of misconceptions. Every guy is not a two-timer. Every guy is not cheating or married or woo, 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 woo. And people like what they like. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Whatever you are, however you identify, whatever size you are, whatever skin color you are, whatever background you from, whatever. It's somebody that love that shit. It's somebody that love the fuck out of you. Okay. Okay. Don't nobody have to don't nobody have to trick nobody for nothing. But I think that we let them get away with it every year. It is increasing every year. And also, even with it increasing every year, a lot of times it's something that's underreported. So even us saying that it's increasing or noticing the stories more in our mainstream conversation is still not even it's still probably missing a quarter worth of the people that be really getting killed.
1: So, last question, then we gotta go. Transgender in sports because this is another popular question I was asked to ask on the show. Do you think that that's fair? Because a trans day people are saying that transgender women are still stronger than the natural woman. So what would make what would make that fair for a transgender woman to participate in a woman specific sport?
0: Um, because it's my personal time, right? I'm gonna answer it personally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really don't give a fuck. It's really a white people, <laughs> privileged person, established healthcare, established school system, established. We ain't got none of that shit in Milwaukee. And P.S. ain't no established
1: for so y'all to be trying
0: that shit or whatever the fuck else you think. If you not no cheerleader, if you not no coach, if you not a student, if you not a student athlete, if you not a parent of a student athlete, why the fuck would you give a fuck? I don't give a fuck about that. We tra- we pivoting from people getting killed, from the girls, my sisters, the girls that look like me, mm-hmm. getting killed and it being called that we tricking men when Claire Legato was getting killed in D.C. by her stepfather. When... Most of the people, just like all the violence we know, most of the time when women experience violence, it's from somebody that they know. It's not from no stranger. It's not from no third party. It's not from nobody, no hook, no random hookup. It's not always from that. It's really more of the percentage of it is happening from people in our homes and people in our families and communities. So well, my thing is, is you why, my thing because is,
1: they was, I know, my yeah. thing, my I thing is, I am for chew no, my, my neck Ain't off. Ain't nobody chewing her. your neck off. I'm good. <laughs> the point
0: is, is that not even anywhere of my top three issues as no black trans woman. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were a black trans woman or a young trans girl and I was an athlete and I wanted to compete, yeah, I would want to be able to compete. However, I thought I should be able to compete. Mm -hmm. I can't also tell you, like I said, for me, the lifestyle really started when I was 10 years old. I am not physically as strong as no cis man that's my same age. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I might, I might could get buck and act like I am. But at the end of the day, I'm not. So, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what is the right answer in that field. We still early on in the conversation. But I just, you know, I just feel like it's a privileged person's issue to be standing on. Like, to be so, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't get the murders and the deaths and, and, our HIV and STI prevention work or any of other things that we're doing that's amazing to seep into the mainstream. But this issue, because it's trans kids, because it's, because it's youth, because white Republicans think they can do something about it. It's a mainstream issue. Okay. You know what I'm saying? The trans sports issue really been kicking in the background outside of the mainstream for like at least the last six, seven years. Hmm. And we just now starting to talk about it in the mainstream. So, you know what I'm saying? It's not no new issue. And people in school boards and school systems have been making it work for a long time. So, I say leave it up to them and leave it up to to them that's in that world to know how to do it. Like, I wouldn't presume to know the right answer. I'm not an athlete.
1: All right. Well, before we wrap it up, I do want to let you um, give the viewers a chance to... Get your contact information. Just you know, somebody will watch it, somebody might want to reach out to you. So go ahead and
0: Thank you. Um again, my name is L Halo. Um, you can definitely find me on social media, um, most of my social media as L Halo. Um, you can also check out the Sheba Sisters so Helping about helping each other about the Liversity page on Facebook and my professional page on Facebook.
1: Okay. Um, you spell L Halo E L L E H A L O. So Mm -hmm. if anybody wanna know how it's spelled, that's how you spell it. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Milwaukee. This is episode three of We Are One. Um, I want to just thank you all for watching tonight This was very 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 special Very very good podcast I hope someone is touched by today's conversation We talked about LGBTQ we talked about History we talked about Generational stuff we talked about Our family we we covered a lot of content Tonight so I hope you know, everybody enjoys This episode thank you Thank you I
0: enjoy myself too thank y'all For having me Period
1: Good day, have just you. tracks today.